content warning for drug use, overdosing, um, pretty heavy shit, y'all. So just beware if that's triggering for y'all. And uh, here we go. slowly rocking back and forth, <laughs> judging the squeak uh, radius the chair listen, offers li her. I, I know it's making noise because I can see it on the audio. I just want everybody to know she is uh, judging and critiquing my craftsmanship because I put that chair together with my own two I'm not, I'm not saying it's not a lovely chair. I'm just saying it's a little squeaky. I put it together before I had a power drill, so I need to put it together. Look at my chair, guys. She's moving around very erratically, and there's no sound. And I'm smiling like a dude. <laughs> <in the microphone>. <laughs> <laughs> bitch. Um, so anyways, this chair was built after I had a power drill, and it's really nice this and sturdy. This one was not. Yes. Hi, everybody. This is Cypress Secrets. Hey, y'all. It's Katie. And I'm Desiree, and we are back with the little in-betweener episode. We just needed a little time to get that first episode going and wanted to do a little, uh... We just have so much information about it. We just can't decide how much to put. Y'all, I have, like... Uh, the amount of notes I have Almost for this first pages. episode, I'm like, yeah, I could write, like, a small thesis. It's just gonna be a lot. We want to thank you guys so much for all the support that we saw from our first episode. We know that it was a longer episode. I've ne I'm not really a podcast person. I'm very new to the scene. Oh my god, why don't you isolate everybody I'm, I'm, on our first episode? Go I'm, ahead. I'm very new to the scene. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I was like, wow, that's really long. And then I started looking at other podcasts and I was like, oh... Well, they're all kind of pretty long, so we're not like out no, of pocket. An hour's good. Like an my hour's attention decent span. Time. My attention span just is very short. No, but honestly, it worked out really good because in my head, I was thinking, yeah, it should be our episodes. If it's going to be longer, we'll sp split it up into multi-episodes. And we honestly didn't time it as we went. Right. We just recorded how we're going to break it down, which actions we're covering, and literally, when I put it together and put the finishing song on, it was perfect. an hour and one minute. And that finishing song is like a minute and something seconds. Right. So I was like, it's just meant to be. Yeah, it was perfect. We'll see how long this mini episode goes, because I'm feeling chatty as a fuck. I mean, there's nothing else to do tonight, so... You know, we can, we can just hang out with you guys. We can just hang out with y'all. It's a Friday night. Uh, this week... Oh my god, it's Friday night. Is that a song? Are you being Gen Z again? No, I mean like there is a Friday song. Is this song. like Miley Cyrus? I mean I'm like there, I've seen there, is a, there is a Friday oh. You know what? My first concert was Hannah Montana. And I firmly believe that Hannah Montana and Miley Cyrus were different people. Oh no. When I was younger. Yeah, I was part of Miley World, her little online community. Uh-huh. Um, I was like super, super, super convinced that they were different people. Oh no. I saw Miley with um, the Flaming Lips when she did the psychedelic That's rock so... album. I got the best of both worlds. 
Lord, here we go with the jokes. Yeah, so yeah, we definitely want to thank everybody for the feedback and the comments and the messages and stuff that we received after that first episode. It was a lot of uh, encouragement Yo. and just like good feedback and just listening to the trailer sound compared to the sound from the first episode. I just I was laughing at me. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. Uh, we're thankful for the new mic that we got. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And thanks, everybody, for the uh, feedbacks on the shirt. I was so excited to yes. make it. I just got it in my head because I'm like, okay, I have that cute shirt that says um, lightly melanated hella black. Yes. The the black one with pink. Mm -hmm. but I, know, it always, I know the exact shirt that you're talking about. But remember when we were doing the photos, it kept like getting like... Boobies. It was getting lost in my boobage. Yeah. And you couldn't read it and you couldn't see the fist as much like when yeah. I would sit down and things like that. And that's a lot of like band logos and things right. like that get distorted. Absolutely. So I was like, first of all, I love that front pocket too because I keep little treasures in there. I love the frocket. Exactly. And so I was like, well, shit, I'll do a little logo and a big one. But this little logo was so hard to like take like, all the little yeah. tiny pieces off when I had it. I printed it on the vinyl. But when I was done, I was like, mother, I made so that. Cute. Like, it looks so cute. I was like, I did that. As soon as I took that iron off, I was like, yeah. Love, love, love. It's super cute. I love it. Um, and then just the feedback we've been getting on it. Everybody's like, I love that shirt. Yeah, like, everyone's yeah. so supportive. We're so well-received by everybody. It's really uh, encouraging, <laughs> you know? Yeah, definitely. It, it's definitely, it makes it a lot more fun. You know, getting For feedback sure. and, like, feeling like people really do hear what you say. Right, exactly. Uh, all right, so besides that, it's pretty much just... It's been a slow, mundane week for me, but Katie's been having some shit. Man, have I. <clears throat> this week was tough, for sure. It, it started out with my boyfriend leaving to go offshore, and he's going to be gone for either two weeks or a month. He's not gonna be able to come back and visit. Right, he goes to another state to go to work. And honestly, about 30 minutes after he left, I got a message on my phone saying that a really good friend of ours had died. Mm. And that they wanted to let me know before they went public with it. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and it was a really hard death to take because it was one that I had seen coming but i didn't want to believe was really gonna happen Damn, you know what i mean yeah because like you feel like your love can like shield people from bad things happening right and you want to hope for the best at least right and she was a really good friend of mine and i knew that she was a great person she could pull through but heroin addiction is something that you can't fight unless you believe in yourself that you can fight and i'm sure have have you know the resources to fight it um when we come back we're going to talk about acadia and a harm reduction which is uh i'll let katie go over it a little bit more but stay tuned and we'll go over that and some things you could do to uh help people with heroin addiction or even in the midst of uh, an overdose <laughs> It's Desiree here. Stay tuned. On our little commercial breaks like this, we wanted to feature some of our friends' podcasts and businesses and promos and things like that. So 
We're bringing you our first one uh, shortly in this episode. Stay tuned. Okay, and we're back. So with this little in-betweener episode, we thought it would be a good idea to kind of talk about some of the programs and organizations and different community um, resources that are available in the area. Um, and there's still going to be some fun stuff, even if you're not local, so you could stay tuned. Um, one of the first things we're talking about is definitely going to have some helpful information for y'all, even if you're not local. And we wanted to cover the Acadiana Harm Reduction Organization Program Group. Um, basically, Katie being Superwoman and <laughs> trying to fight the opioid crisis in um, Lafayette. But so, yeah, we definitely want to cover that. So why don't you tell people... What you, what you do? Yes, well, um, aside from popular belief, I am not Superwoman. <laughs> Lies. Lies. And, uh, I created Acadiana Harm Reduction um, a year, maybe two years ago, um, to try to do what I could to battle this fucking pandemic that we're seeing. I mean, it's killing more people than anything else right now yeah within the local area there's a huge opioid crisis whether it be heroin itself or pills i mean there's it's a big pill problem yeah it's 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 a really serious problem here and it's a problem that the authorities are looking the other way on which makes it a lot worse right the police have literally said this problem is going to take care of itself because basically these addicts are going to die. Like, they don't care. Absolutely. I've arrived on the scene um, moments after the police on an overdose, and I went to administer the Narcan, which is um, a medication that reverses an overdose for an opiate. Mm -hmm. And I went to administer it to the person who was overdosing, and the police stopped me. And they, they were like, what are you doing? What are you giving her? And I was like, this is gonna save her life. It's Narcan, like... I need to give it to her. They didn't know what Narcan was. They're not trained was. on it. I'm shocked. How are you, like, an official and you don't know what Narcan is? You're, like, a miracle drug, you know? Like, I'm here today because I I overdosed once and my friend had two doses of Narcan in her fridge. And I'm, I'm grateful and I just want that available to everybody else who's using locally. Katie, are you going to tell the story? I, I, I could. I... <clears throat> true crime listeners like um <laughs> gory details y'all if you're a little squeamish this story is kind of intense yeah um but it's pretty cool it's yeah. not cool it's really bad don't do right. drugs and we're really glad katie's clean now but um this story's fucking wild um disclaimer I, I was um a server at a restaurant and i was doing cocaine to, like, be a better server, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Is that what the drug does? Wow. I thought, I thought. So, okay, so I, I, I was going... <laughs> to be a better server. You're such a clown. <laughs> oh so I kept God. going to this guy, and I, I, was buy, I was buying it, and um, he was like, hey, I have this stuff that's cheaper, and it lasts longer. And I was like, well, that sounds okay. And he didn't say the word meth. So like, I, and I had never seen it before, so I didn't know. I had only heard of it on Dog the Bounty Hunter. Oh, my God. Oh, we got to go get the ice. <laughs> I didn't know what the fuck <laughs> they were talking about. We got to capture all these people so, on ice. 
so I was like, okay. So so I tried it and I was like, yeah, that's that's fucking awesome. Great. So then I bought it and I and I didn't sleep for like a week. Oh my god. And then the next time I saw him, I was like, man, I can't go to sleep. Like I, I don't know what I'm going to do, blah, 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 blah. And he put something out, and he's like, well, here, try that. That'll help you go to sleep. And it was heroin. And I, I didn't know, but I did it. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you're right. I'm going to go to sleep right fucking now. Oh, my God. So that is the story of how I got addicted to heroin. And I didn't know about uh, withdrawal or anything like that. So I, w- I eventually was using so much that by the time I would wake up, uh, from sleeping at night, I would be in withdrawal, and I would be super sick, and I thought that I was dying, like, I thought I had this, um, like, invisible sickness that heroin was secretly curing, because, like, whenever Mm. I would do the heroin, I would feel better. Oh, God. And then, like, your mind makes you believe, like, really crazy things to make you be okay with doing heroin every day right you know like in my head this was like a secret that like the doctors like were overlooking like because like i was going getting ultrasounds like scans like doing tests and none of them ever said do you need help or like i think this is because you're using drugs they would just kick me out Mm -hmm. and i'd be like the doctors aren't listening but my dealer keeps answering and that keeps making me feel better. So I did that, man, for about six months. And uh, I was I was just in denial pretty much. And then I went to rehab where I met my friend Megan, who this week she passed away. She was my roommate in mm. rehab. Uh, mm. It was both of our first times in rehab. And it was only the first time for both of us for a few stints. We, we went back multiple times. But we were our roommates the first time. And... Uh, I got clean three years ago. Mm -hmm. I've not used heroin for three years or meth. Thank goodness. Yes, 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 yes. And I was an IV addict. I have not, uh, I have not used a needle in over three years now. I got clean because I was in my car doing dope, riding around with my friends who were also doing dope. And one of them overdosed my friend he overdosed in the back. My friend that just passed, she was with me, and she gave him CPR and gave him a shot of Narcan because I had it in my, my car. Wow. And that brought him back. So then uh, two days later, or three days later, I was riding around with just me and my friend, and we were using, and we had just gotten some dope from uh, this guy we didn't know, and she did it, and she immediately started overdosing. And I just used my Narcan on our friend, the couple days before right. so I didn't have any more right. so I tried to give her CPR but it wasn't working so I drove to the hospital right whenever I pulled up I was about to get her I had turned off the car and I was getting her out the car and she came to like she took this huge gasp of breath oh my god and like she like started breathing again and like she like came to and I was like oh my god like 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 she was like lifeless and like blue and um the next day i went to my doctor and i told him uh i'm addicted to shooting up heroin and i can't stop so i need help and it just scared me straight pretty much you know what i mean like i was just like playing with death Mm-hmm. My friends were playing with death, and, like, it was right there. Like, it wasn't happening to other people. Right, and so fucking, like, often and yeah. in a row. Yeah, absolutely, and, and in, in the same, like, in my Jeep, you know? So, Damn. 
it was it was hard but then i got clean and unfortunately about five months after i got clean my best friend overdosed and died while she was pregnant with my godchild and it rocked my world well yeah so i wanted to do something but i didn't know what to do Mm -hmm. so i was like well i have a couple hundred dollars I can go to the pharmacy and get some Narcan and give it out to people. So I did that, and I started emailing people for for clean IV using supplies. I started emailing people for Narcan, and I was paying for it out of my pocket just to get it out on the street. Mm -hmm. But about six months later, um, people started giving me donations because I started doing bake sales. Right, nice. And I started baking, like, huge quantities out of my oven that only worked half the time (laughs) and only one burner on the top worked. So um, it was like hard, you know what I mean? But like I was putting in the work because I was starting to see something, you know what I mean? So uh, I I kept going with that and now my bake sales are like doing really well and I actually have almost a thousand doses of Narcan in my closet right now. Y'all, I have Narcan in my fridge right now, so my neighborhood's covered thanks to Acadiana harm reduction. Absolutely. And I wanted to never have it be at any cost because I never wanted dollars to be the reason somebody didn't live. Right. You know? And a big thing is a lot of people are scared when others are overdosing. So they... They don't know about the Good Samaritan law and they right. don't want to go take somebody to the hospital because they're afraid they're going to go to jail or or whatever. Right. And it's it's just another option. to it, Absolutely. You know, it's just another here here in Louisiana, we have the Good Samaritan law, which assures that the person overdosing and the person calling cannot be charged with possession or anything like that with drugs. Mm-hmm. It, it, it ensures that so that people call. Right, because that's a big thing. Like, anybody who listens to true crime cases, it's like, and then this person overdosed and died, and it's like, because the teenagers were too scared to take him to the hospital right. or whatever, and it's like, that was an unnecessary death. That was something that could have been prevented. So it's like it's, I, it's, it's, it, it happens a lot closer to home than right. people think, you know? Right, and at least this gives people an option to react and respond quicker. And like you said, the cops aren't fucking trained on how to handle it anyways. Right. So if the neighborhood, like we always say that with <coughs> with any of the things we do in the protest or the activism and all that, it's like we have to have our own bags. Absolutely. So it's like we need to make sure that we're trained on how to use Narcan and like we have our neighborhoods covered. Absolutely. If anybody local is listening, I, uh, I plan on giving a Narcan administration class here in the Lafayette area soon. I'm certified to do that. What a, what Acadiana Harm Reduction gives out is we give out clean using supplies. We give out Narcan. I give out Plan B. I give out toiletries. I give out tampons, pads, water bottles. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm trying to give people the tools to survive until they're ready to get clean. Right. Because not everybody can wait at the finish line and wait for them to get clean because getting clean is the last step in the whole fight. The whole fight is being fought before you're clean. You know what I mean? Like, I still fight every day to to not fall back into my addiction. But whenever you're in your addiction, there's no reason to get out. You know what I mean? Right. That's how you feel. Like, until you're ready to get out, you're not ready to get out. Exactly. So, there are so many people that are neglected because they're not clean, but they're still humans. Right. They're still hurt. 
They still need love. They still need shelter. Just because you're using drugs doesn't make you less human, you yeah. know? It definitely doesn't ma- mean you don't need basic life necessities. And that's and that's what I'm trying to bring to them at, at literally no cost whatsoever to anybody who gets these supplies. It's all completely free. Um, if anybody would like to support Acadian Harm Reduction uh, with donations or, like, sharing on Facebook, I do bake sales every, every six months. I'm trying to think of, like, biannually. Yeah, and then also we'll put the link to, um, or we'll put your, like, Venmo and all right. that in the um, notes. We, we so have a Facebook page that. where we post information. And before um, I wrap this up, I just wanted to share a little bit of that information with our listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Katie made a flyer that goes with some of the kits she hands out and has a lot of really helpful information. So, this part, even if you're not local, this has some really good information on, you know, what you can do uh, during an overdose. Um, inform- it has information on the Good Samaritan Law. Right. And, and Katie will go over it a little bit more. This is really her thing. I'm here to help. Absolutely. And she's the best help ever. And I wrote this very, very simply, very to the point, no hard language, because I don't know who's going to be reading this. And what position they're going to be in, what state of mind. And I know that if somebody is overdosing, right, they could be in a frantic state. So I tried to, so if this sounds a little elementary, it's because I was just trying to get to the point as the absolute quickest that I could. Right. Just clear cut. Right. So, um, I wanted to go over first how to spot an overdose. Um, sometimes whenever people use opiates, they nod out. Mm-hmm. And that is normal for um, opiate use. But there's a difference between nodding out and overdosing. But it's kind of hard to tell until it's a little bit too late when you should have already been doing something. Yeah, I mean, that's, that would be my first question. Like... Based it's, on what I know tell. from, you know, intervention, they you shoot a heroin and you nod off. Absolutely, yeah. You you go unconscious for a while, um, but if you are overdosing, if somebody that you are using with or living with, <clears throat> if they're overdosing, the person is unresponsive to stimuli such as water on their face or if you rub your knuckles on their sternum. It causes a lot of pain right on their, their breastplate. And if they don't wake up for that, it's a, it's a really bad sign that they're not conscious enough to feel. To even react. You know, so they need your help. And would this be for for pills and? Yes, all and opiates. Like heroin okay. and like um, Oxycontin, Roxy's, anything with an opiate in it, this will undo. The same. It won't undo, but it, it, it pretty much like pulls it out of your system. And it, and it sends you into immediate withdrawal. Like whenever so I wild. whenever I overdosed, I like I woke up and uh, I was my friends had gave me a shot in the chest because they had watched Pulp Fiction too many times, which is not where you should inject people. I'm just that's the story I that thought clear. you were gonna tell. Well, okay, so I I got I got a bag, got a new bag, and um, I was like, yeah. This I'm, is I'm, a story that really, really needs a disclaimer too. The other one did too, though, because it was a lot of death and overdosing, but. Like, this one's a little rough <laughs> physically. I was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to do the first shot of the bag. I call it. <laughs> okay, so we got home and... Is that like a thing? It's a thing for like, sure. It's a thing for sure. So me and my friend got to his house 
and unfortunately, he passed away from a drug overdose. Um, he's oh no longer God. with us. Um, so we got back to his house. Me and him were uh, very close at the time. And I, I did the first shot, and I don't even remember, like, taking the needle out of my arm. Mm. And then he told me that I, I slumped out and that he... Um, picked picked me up after he tried CPR for a moment, and he put me in his truck, and he drove to our nearby friend's house, and because he knew that there were a lot of drug users at the house, mm-hmm. um, there was Narcan there most of the time, so he was just really hopeful that he could get there in time. So he came in, and they put me on her kitchen table, and they ripped my shirt open, and like I said, they had seen Pulp Fiction. One too many times because mm-hmm. whenever you're injecting Narcan, you need to inject it into muscle tissue like the upper arm or your thigh. Those are the places that this needs to be injected. Muscle. Muscle. Remember that, so, please. So they <clears throat> they said they injected me once and nothing happened. So they, no, no. Where did they inject you? In, in, right in my, st- in my chest. Uh, Stabbed you with the fucking needle twice. through your sternum. Yes, twice. Twice. And whenever I woke up, Good fucking there God. was whenever I woke up, there wasn't a needle in my chest or anything like that. But like, I felt this immense pain in my chest, and then I was I'm super shocked. sick. I was super sick because it sends you into an immediate withdrawal. Mm-hmm. And I was like, somebody give me some fucking dope because I'm sick. And then somebody gave me some dope, and oh I did it. God. And I did it right then and there. They oh were like, they were God. like, here, here's a. This is from another bag. And I was like, cool, thanks. And then that was six months, five months before I stopped using. You know what I mean? And then as the days passed, I had this ugly, ugly, ugly bruise on my chest, and it, and it, and I feel like it took the longest to go away. They stabbed you twice through the sternum. Yes. Yes. It oh was very painful. God. And so... So don't do that if somebody um, is showing signs of an right. overdose. Inject them in the arm or the leg. And the way that you can spot an overdose is, like I said, the person's unresponsive. Their breathing is either slow, erratic, or stopped altogether. Lighter skin tones are going to turn bluish-purple, and then darker skin tones turn grayish-ashen. There's a choking, gurgling, or a snoring sound. If you're a user, you've probably heard it referred as the death rattle. There's vomiting. Their body goes limp. Their face gets clammy and pale. Their fingernails and their lips are going to turn blue and dark. And their pulse is either slow or stopped. Now, whenever you start CPR and you administer the Narcan, you need to call 911 and when you're calling 911, do not mention drugs or the police will show up. Your best bet to not have the police there is to say, I don't know what happened. I just got here. My friend stopped breathing. Send an ambulance. Right. Don't mention drugs because then they will send somebody out. Even though you'll be okay with the Good Samaritan law. It's just it's a just, precaution. You know what I mean? You don't, nobody wants cops around, you know? It, just, say it again. Just through and through. So... Especially in a in a situation like that, and to inject Narcan, which is also called naloxone, 
you take the cap off the vial, you fill the syringe with all the liquid, and you put no air in the syringe. You inject the needle at a 90 degree angle straight into the muscle tissue, like I said, the upper arm or the thigh, and then you start CPR, and if the person doesn't respond, within two to four minutes, you administer another dose. And now there's the nasal one, right? Yes. Because what you have in, in my fridge yes, is the nasal one. The nasal one is where hopefully we can move to permanently. But right now there's so much of the liquid vial that you have to inject. Mm -hmm. But hopefully this doesn't deter people from using it, but I know that it does. So the nasal one, people are more likely to implement it right. when it's at hand. You know right. what I mean? It's a little less brutal. Exactly, because the muscle needles are big needles. You know, I mean, but also, I mean, if, if they're shooting up... Like, also, that that's exactly... Most of the time, there's needles around anyway. Right. And also, I wanted to let the audience know it's okay to inject somebody through their clothes. Like, if you want to inject somebody in their leg, you don't have to take their pants off. You can inject them straight through their clothes or through their shirt. It'll be totally fine. There's a lot of different things that people are scared about using Narcan. There's no high, there's no um, different effects that it has on you. All that Narcan does is take the opiates out of your system and, and, and reverse an overdose. Right, which is good. It's not like... You can't abuse it. Right. You can't sell it. Right. You can't nothing, nothing uh, on the, you that You cannot sort. do that. No. It's literally just there to save people's Absolutely. lives. So it's something that it's should like, be it's in like, the area. Um, I mean, not. I mean, like it. Not to compare, but to compare, it's like insulin. You know, what I mean, if if you take insulin, like you're not gonna like get something from it. You know what I mean? Like, right. Okay, I get what you're saying. You right. Know, right. It's like it's like yeah. It's, it's a not, medical. It's a medical thing. Like all it does is help somebody who needs in it. In that need, right? If, if you take it and you don't need it, it's not going to do anything. Right. Okay. Got you, know? you. Got you. And so, where do you see Acadiana harm reduction going from here? Um, my dream would be for Acadiana harm reduction to have a um, a physical standing spot, mm -hmm. like you know, like a studio, something like that. I'm currently working out of a storage unit in my closet. Right. So I mean, you know, that kind of thing, just somewhere that people can come. I'd love to have a needle exchange for mm -hmm. people to bring their used needles so that I can dispose of them properly. Right. Because right now people are just throwing them in parking lots and shit because they can't get caught with the needles in their car or with the needles at their house. They're not disposing right, of them properly. Right. I've never disposed of a needle properly when I was using. You know what I mean? And mm. also, Lafayette, you can't really get needles anywhere. You can go to a pharmacy and get a bag of 10 syringes, but they take your name and they put it down, and you can't technically get another one until two weeks. Mm. So for... for <clears throat> for somebody who's avidly using 10 needles, if, if you're throwing them away each time, that, that can be gone in a day. Right. And then that's putting people who are addicted at risk to using dirty needles. Exactly. Transmitting uh, diseases. Right or now in Lafayette, like people have no other choice but to share and reuse needles. I remember when I was using, I would use a needle until it was like dull and I had to stab it through my skin. Oh, like, my God. Like, I'm not even kidding, you guys. Like, I'm not even joking. Like, that's what everyone here that I was using with does because that is how little needles we have, like, available to us. Like, they're like a shooting star. Like, I remember I only got bags of needles 
a handful of times and I used for over a year. Right. And it's a necessity. It's not encouraging folks who are addicted to use, but addicted folks are going to use regardless until, like you said before, they're ready to make that change. So at least this is giving them a chance because you don't all you don't need to be addicted and also infected with something, you know, and have all the cards or have multiple cards stacked against you. Nobody goes, oh, I have access to needles. I'm just going to shoot up heroin now. You know what I mean? Like having, right, having right, exactly. this doesn't encourage using. It just the people who are already using. It just I just want them to be safe because they keep dying from these diseases because we keep reusing these needles. Right, and then that brings. And even if you don't share, you get Hep B from yourself. Even the, and exactly, and then that goes into the whole healthcare system where right. those who do. Uh, contract things i mean god i don't even want to get into the healthcare system now because Absolutely. we'll be talking about classism racism ableism yep. like we can't even start with that uh but another thing katie has on that flyer is some of the free community food which we've seen popping up in the area which is pretty uh freaking awesome so on here there's a community fridge um in uh on simcoe at mcmillan's pub and we've been seeing pictures of that, like, filled, getting refilled. Absolutely. It looks so good. Um, I'm going to put some of the resources and the food places in the link and, like, in the writing and all that so y'all could get to it as well. But it, it really had got me thinking. I had planned it last season, but then it was a little too cold. And I was talking to um, Ike of Black Wilderness Photography. We were talking um, during the freeze And we're like, man, like, you know how hard it was to get to stores and get food and all that. Like, I'm stuck and I'm I'm like in the hood. So I'm in a food desert. And we're talking about that. Like, we really started like in a conversation about like the food deserts and how the health food stores are all on the rich areas. Like, if you want to eat healthy, it's, you know, like, honestly, in my neighborhood, I'm probably one of the few people that drive. And we're at least five miles from any grocery store. Right. So that's a huge difference like that's a huge space to travel like it's a food desert you know and it's not coincidence that it's it's the hoods you know right i don't know we had really got talking and then with all these food things so i've been planning on um starting a community garden in my hood to kind of take care of the area so i've been working on that but that's just something like i'm super excited about but um some of the other ones we have on here are um fightingville fresh market and the Clinton Street Pantry. So again, I'm gonna put those links and like information on those in the um, in our little like bio section, so you guys could get to those. Yes, totally. And I included that uh, free food on the flyer, and I put those with every Narcan kit. And I put that because I know that when I was using some some days, more days than I didn't, I had to choose between dope and food. And I I always chose dope. You know what I mean? So I wanted to let them know that there's free food that they can go get. You know what I mean? Like grab a bottle of water, like a granola bar, like just eat something, you know? Right, right, exactly. It doesn't cost you anything. Just stop by. Here's a place to go. Here's a place to go, you know? And I really appreciate uh, Des letting me go into depth about Acadiana harm reduction. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to go ahead and sign out right here. We're going to come back in a second with a funny little favorites for me and Des about our favorite uh, protest moments. True 
crime is one of the biggest genres in podcasting right now. And if you're a fan, chances are that you think you've heard of every single case that's out there. Well, if you're looking for a new podcast to binge, try Suspiria, a true crime podcast. Every week, we cover interesting, outrageous, and unbelievable crimes that happen all over Latin America or involving Latin people, all through the voices of me, Carol, and me, Stephanie. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Overcast, and many other streaming services. So check us out. Ciao. Ciao. Okay, and we're back. So that was some pretty heavy (laughs) shit. Uh, Katie's been through quite a lot of life in her short 23 years. Yeah. Um, but it was all fun. Oh, God. Don't listen to her and don't I, do drugs, kids. I, I, I always had a good time no matter what I did. Oh, God. We're, <laughs> we're just very glad Katie is clean now, y'all. Yeah. Um, but so for this last little segment, I thought it would be fun if... Since we went over, like, all the protests last week and all the things, we, we're cramming a lot of information in one episode. Because, right. you know, like, each protest we could break into an episode if we really wanted to. Right. But I thought it would be fun to just go over, like, our favorite protest moments. Oh, yes. And I kind of sprung it on you earlier, but I knew, okay, I knew from the jump I had a protest moment in my head. And I was like, that's it. That It was that moment. Right. And I was like, you know what? Nope. Katie's going to pick that moment. I already know Katie's going to pick that protest and, like, a couple, like, key elements from that one. That's exactly what I went to. And then once I started thinking about that, I was like, oh, I got it. So I was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. And it it worked out exactly like that. So, um, Katie, what was your favorite, like, protest moment, moments, you know, protests? My my favorite one was whenever we went to Baton Rouge, the one where we really thought that this was the one we were going to get arrested, to the state police to demand, you know, justice for, you know, a, Ronald list, Green a list of and, people yeah. like, um, that were wronged by the police. And um, the next week, we told them that we were coming back in seven days. So we'll be back next Thursday. See y'all here. So then the next Thursday comes around, and Colonel Reeves... The um, Colonel of the Lafayette... Uh, of the La- state troopers. The, not Lafayette. The Louisiana, the Louisiana state troopers. The Louisiana state yeah. troopers, he resigned. Yeah, And they abruptly. said, uh, very abruptly, like, they didn't have a replacement. Right. Um, it, like, it was a big... He looked very solemn. It was the one... You talked about it last week a little bit. We basically hopped in our cars and left because yes. the police were waiting for us there. He had already retired. We're like, well, f- screw it. Like, yes, they he's were gone. So we went to the state capitol. Well, well, before we went to the capitol, though, they 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 came over to us and they offered an escort. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of they, course, they offered that. I think escort. you talked about it last time, where they uh, on think, the first episode. I'm pretty sure. Y'all, it was that was one of. That's not you my did. favorite moment, but that yeah. was one of my favorite moments because we all jumped in our cars so fast. We just did like a quick little huddle, boop, 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 gone. Yeah. Whenever we left there, in a hurry, we showed up to the governor's mansion. And whenever we showed up to the governor's mansion, the cops, like, 
got to us and they were like in a tizzy because they weren't expecting us to go here they were expecting us to be there and they were like oh my god this is crazy what the fuck are we gonna do mm. <laughs> they just looked like bewildered you know uh-huh. they looked like were like concerned and, and some of them mad and annoyed yes like- very like very angry there was this one we called him porky he legitimately looked like a pig big fat white man going bald like always Pink as can be always had the sunglass ha- like tan on his face you, you feel me like you see it guys you'll see it like he goes home and films facebook videos in his pickup truck yes when he puts on his trucker yes. hat you know in his shades so we're standing on the driveway of the governor's mansion and jamal taylor is giving a speech like lit like jamal's going off yes like everybody's like pumped up and he's just like digging the fuck in yes it was like electric it was a speech that made you want to do something right that very second you know what i mean so then the the police were like you have to get off this driveway right now but we had been on this driveway a million times i mean so many times before with no problem so we knew that there wasn't truth by what they were saying. They were just trying to intimidate us. Uh Oh, and a little back information. These state troopers are the same uh, entity that murdered and covered up the Ronald Green case, which is why we were there in the first place and why we wanted Colonel Reeves to retire because he was uh, uh, complicit and, like, uh, an accomplice, basically, in the cover-up of the murder of Ronald Green. He was murdered by police with a flashlight. And dragged on the floor afterwards when his hands were handcuffed behind his back, which... Yes. Keep going. Go on. Um, so we um, we were very angry, and that is what uh, Jamal was talking about on the speaker. He was like, this is just unacceptable. He was like, this is just wrong. You're part of it. And don't you care? Yeah, your partners did this. You look fucking bad because your partners killed this man. Yep. Don't you care? Like, you know, really digging into the police, the state troopers, because it's like, it was your people who did this. It's not a question of what happened. Like, they tried to say Ronald Green was killed in a car accident, and he was not. He was beat. To death. Like, there's literally audio uh, of it. Like, I think they turned off body cams. Like, it's just... They they were mad that they got blood on on, on themselves. On them. There's just so much of it. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll eventually do that case in depth, I'm sure. But but my favorite favorite moment in all of our protests, Jamal is giving the speech, and we're all standing there. We're all excited. The police are kind of, like, like coming in on us. Like, they started kind of just being like, we're going to be arresting anybody who's standing here. Blah, 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 blah. So Jamal said something, and then I yelled, well, he said something no, about laying no. down. No, no, Jamal said, Jamal said, don't you guys care? You had him face down on the ground. Do you need <gasps> yes, to see it? Yes. And Jamal got down on the ground, face down on the ground with his hands behind his back. Just like Ronald Green Just was. like Ronald Green was. And he said, this is how he was. And everybody just yes. broke for a minute. Everybody paused. There was silence. And Jamal's like, this is how he was. And the cops just looked at him like bewildered. Yes. And then and then Katie said, we'll all get on the ground. <laughs> I was, I just felt it in the moment. Like everybody was just looking around and I saw Jamal on the, on the ground and the cops were just looking and I was like, I mean, if they're going to arrest us, they're going to have to fucking, like, get us get off us this all. ground. Take us So all. I was like, we should all lay down, and then everybody laid down. And we sat there with our hands behind our back like Mr. Green died. And we it was a statement piece. The, the news loved it. 
everybody like people were on the ground like sobbing. We were we were crying oh so like I don't know if I don't know if you it can see so that powerful. through the news cameras, but you could hear it on the ground. We were all just sobbing. It was and such it was a such powerful a powerful moment. moment. I'll never forget that. That's that's my favorite so far for sure. That one was crazy. Like people were popping off. I think um Laramie, one of the activists from Baton Rouge, was there and kept like popping off. Yep. Like everybody was just like like uh that so one was energy. one. Yeah, like it was it. Like there was no question and Colonel Reeves retired that day. Like we're like Mad because those cops were there, like, annoyed at us, but also, like, lit because we had just got shit done. Yeah, like, like we were like, holy shit, we did that. Yeah, we were, like, abruptly we retired. That. And that was, it was only, like, it was only five or six of us the week before. Yeah, that, one was, that was a good one. You know, that would have been my other favorite moment would have been the week before when we went in and had to push through the cops. But Claude, um, to transition to mine... Yes. No, uh, nobody pushed through. Oh. <laughs> um, to transition to my favorite moment. So after I was thinking about it, I was like, you know what? One of my favorite moments is when we were at the Lafayette State Troopers office mm. and they were fucking stupid and right. they're hiding in the dark and all that. Yes. <laughs> but there was an issue with um, this white woman activist in our groups and she was like overstepping her bounds and mm. just she had a white savior complex where she was literally talking about like i don't want to say anything too incriminating or like too implicating of who she is but she was just doing the most with black members of our group right at the time and it was too much and i didn't want to bring her down cuz she has good intentions but she's very just misguided so um at this particular protest she was there and i said I, I just I I just got this idea in my head and I was like, you know what? What if I have Katie get on the megaphone and tell a story or go off about, you know, white privilege or things of that <laughs> nature? And it just came to me in the moment and I was like, Katie, can you get on the megaphone and uh, go off about white privilege like X, Y, and Z happened, blah, 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 blah. And I, then immediately after, I was like, damn, I'm a bitch. Like, I just put Katie on the spot in front of all these people. I started sweating immediately. Like, the New Yorkers were here. The Georgia people were here. Like, I was just like, damn. We, we were standing at the state we were, police I station. Literally, I literally was like, here's my megaphone. We're in the middle of speeches and, like, information for the, the people. Go ahead. But um, it's one of my favorite moments because Katie was just like, got this. And she got on the <laughs> megaphone and she was just like... X, Y, and Z. We are here to be allies. Blah, blah, blah. Like, this is how you ally. We're not white saviors. There's a difference. Like, educate yourself, this and that. And she was, like, going off on her background and this and that. And I was just like, damn, Katie's <laughs> fucking down. Katie's got this. Give her the megaphone. Yeah, I, I didn't plan on giving that speech, but I just had... I mean, in general, I have a lot to say about that topic. So I was ready. Everybody was just like, Katie, like, yeah, speak on it. What's <laughs> up? Like, period. Like, <laughs> and it was like, 
I don't know. It just felt like a good moment because I was like, hopefully you got through to right. the person who has decent intentions or wants to do better, you know, like. And I didn't single her out or like look at her more than anybody else right. in the speech because I definitely didn't want anybody to feel uncomfortable or, you know right. what I mean? But I just, I, I hope it, you know, like got through. Right. So, yeah, it's one of my favorite moments because like. 99% of what you did and then 1% I was like good job Des normally I'd be like cancel you this bitch you put the bitch. right person like, there I would ignore like at first from the jump I would have been like cancel this bitch right. like right. you know I'm a very like pessimistic person Right. but I was like you know what no how can we do this in a positive light and hopefully like get through to her so she could grow as a human being absolutely and then I was like then also okay I'll give myself 2% because it was that 1% and then yeah. the other one I was like Katie do this you got I, it I think we handled it really well and in a respectable way you know what I mean because then it not just her but all the other white people that were there heard that speech exactly you know exactly and they all took that home right Right. So, yeah, that was my favorite moment. That's like, I mean, it's not like a huge thing, but I was like, I made mine a surprise for Katie. That yeah, she I, was had, that. I had no idea that she was going to say that. She didn't tell me. I was just like, it's probably something that I wasn't there for. But I was totally <laughs> there for that one. But it was you. I was totally there for that. I had actually arrived to that one late. And I had showed up like oh, yeah. after two people. Okay, that's like spoke. 90% of the protest. Yeah. Katie's late for everything, everybody. Yeah. But I, but I get there, but it, it's always a little late. She gets there sometimes also. Let's just, <laughs> let's just keep this real. We're not, we're not doing a, a cover-up podcast ourselves. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, so the in-betweener episode, I think that's about everything we wanted to cover, right? Right. We have a little bit more work to do, um, but the first big episode should be coming to you shortly. I just we just wanted to give you guys something because we're still working so hard on our first case, but we don't want to keep you guys hanging. So yeah, we figured like we're gonna need to do in between episodes anyways, like everybody does, and we might as well highlight some of the local organizations, local things that are going, like local resources and things of that nature. But I mean, like I said, the Acadian Harm One will help people all over. Right. Like that's beneficial information. And you should look up in your state what laws you have that. Uh, regard to overdosing. Yeah, that's super important. And then we figure, like, other in-between episodes, we could just do, you know, some of the current affairs. Like, when I tell you there's shit popping off here all the time, like... There's there's no there's no shortage of racism here to follow. Yeah, literally. Like, we should cover it, but I don't have enough information at this point. Like, two twins were literally just... Ninth graders were literally just assaulted for wearing Black Lives Matter sweatshirts in school by their teacher right so it's like come on every day every single day there's something going off so in between episodes we'll give you some of the current events and things of that nature and just keep you up to date on what's going on with the activism and ourselves we're super excited for the big case and we're going to sign off and get working on that some more and bring it to you soon thank you guys so much for tuning in if anybody local wants to reach out to acadiana harm reduction please get our facebook yeah definitely so pretty much everything we went over today i'm going to put links and information in the description that way you could access it like the uh, food in the area the acadiana harm reduction information um, as well as links to that form and the overdose information that you could utilize anywhere Uh, but again thanks for listening and we will be back soon with a pretty big motherfucking case hell yeah all right bye bye